welcome to another episode of the Expressions Podcast. Today we're on episode four and I have two really special, amazing guests on today and I'm really excited to talk to them. But before I do that, I'd like to say hi to my co-hosts here. How are you doing today, Mark? Excellent. Yourself, Aurora? I'm doing awesome. I'm doing awesome. How about you, Brian? How are you feeling? I'm stoked. I'm actually very excited. We, uh, I just want to thank these guys before we get too far into it for jumping on here so quickly. We had another plan and you guys just yes you said yes and thank you very much for it and how about you ryan hey always ready to rock i'm looking forward to getting to know these guys and uh hearing their stories so that's great that's great um so um I was talking about the very special guests. Uh, today we have James and John Laxton. Uh, they are very talented musicians who have had a passion for music um, and other creative art forms for a very long time. Um, and they've been in an amazing group called the Newlands, um, which we're gonna talk a little bit about. Um, and yeah, um, they're also my cousins. So that's oh, and by the way, that. they're family members. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Slight thanks, bias yeah. there. That's how they got the booking. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for coming on, guys. How are you guys doing today? James, you muted. <laughs> yeah, James muted the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Still muted. Still muted. There you go. <laughs> hey, there he is. <laughs> How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for having us. It's awesome. No, I really appreciate you guys doing this last minute. Yeah, no worries. It's always nice to chill virtually, you know, kind of jump in and hang out. I kind of miss it. We haven't done one of these ourselves in a long time. We used to run uh, live streams all the, like, almost weekly. So this is pretty wicked. Using the same program, it kind of feels very nostalgic. I was watching a few of those, actually. It's fun when you can just kind of get together and you know throw out ideas and just everybody has their own place going. You can be home, you can be comfortable. Oh, technology. It's it's awesome. Awesome. Could be home. Yes, Mark. Where are you right now, Mark? Uh, it's Sault Ste. Marie. Sault Ste. Marie. So wow. I left Thunder Bay about 11 o'clock this morning. Uh, I had to stop a bunch of times for conference calls and uh, got here uh, just before we started recording. Nice. That's so awesome. you, you've just like super settled in then. Yeah, I'm, I'm not settled in at all. You can't, you can't get a pile of stuff over there. <laughs> well, That's this is awesome. how happy we are to have this conversation. We're doing it from all over the place. So it's awesome. Yeah. It's great. Um, so James and John, um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your journey to finding music um, and other creative art forms. So uh, can you guys tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Uh I guess music has always sort of been a part of our lives um, uh, with, uh, you know, our Aunt Teresa played piano, um, you know, uh, my dad always played guitar when we were kids. That was a huge highlight about all of it was that, uh, you know, growing up as, uh, as kids, you know, going to waking up in the morning to dad playing music at like six in the morning before you had to go off to work you know he's just playing a, a few tunes and then <laughs> booking out the door but that's the way you wake up in the morning where uh, he would play us some tunes to put us to bed at night and you know it's, it's a funny story it's like you know it's like our, uh, our family uh, it's a our, our parents are separated so we'd have to go visit my my dad every other week when we were kids and uh the you know we're 
James and I are the youngest of four, being twins. You know, I'm older than James by four, four minutes. minutes. Four minutes. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, have you held that against him his whole life, or oh, totally? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm younger. You're not allowed. You're not allowed to have cake until four minutes after I've eaten it. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so it's uh, just funny memories of uh, going to visit my dad. He didn't have much space in a basement apartment when we were younger. So it would be the four of us sleeping on on one big mattress. And there's dad either reading us a book or singing us a song to sleep. And uh, I guess that's sort of like where music started and uh, in our lives. And uh, uh, from there, yeah, I and guess... Then from, uh, yeah, then from there, like in... Uh, I guess we always wanted to learn how to play music, but then really didn't take advantage of it until about grade eight, grade nine, when a group of friends just got together and started playing music. And that was kind of like our first band experience and really drove drove us to keep doing it. You know, instead, you know, people were hanging out playing video games and we had converted the basement into our own little jam space. And that's what we did. Our friends came over and we just played music all the time. And our neighbors somehow had a, were okay with it, even though we lived in a townhouse yeah, and we played, played death metal. Death metal. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> I remember that house, and I remember coming to visit and seeing all um, Uncle Will's like guitars up in the wall. Um, well, that was guys... that was Dad's place. The other place was Mom's place, the townhouse. So. Oh yeah. Okay. So I was thinking that of that one then. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, music followed you everywhere, right? It's who yeah. you are. Yeah, I get it. When I was younger, my mother was a barbershop chorus director, and uh, my brother, sister, and I, and her were a quartet. So it was always, you know, going to sleep with my father and his folk music group playing and waking up to hear the music. And it was always my mother's shows and stuff like that. Uh, growing up with that kind of influence throughout your entire life, I mean, how could you not be involved in music? Uh, my mother plays the piano, mandolin, guitar, banjo, I mean, you name it. Uh, I know James. You play guitar, piano, and drums. Yeah, and I'd love. John, you play bass. Do you guys each play everything though? Like, yeah, we. So the thing was, like, growing up, learning how to play music. Like, uh, I was very theory driven, and not so much my ear for music wasn't the greatest. But being theory driven as a bass player was like huge, right? I wanted to understand how it all worked, right? You know, it's like uh, so you got you know, all the yeah, all your chords and shit, and I don't want to get too detailed about anything, but, uh, yeah, so then I, I, you know, James is playing guitar, and I'm learning bass, and I, I took classical piano lessons as a kid, and, mm -hmm. uh, so in order to play guitar, play bass with James, I had to learn guitar, because James was more of a, just play how you feel, right, so he was like, I don't know what I'm doing, so I had to learn all, all the chords and everything, and be like, watch his hands, and be like, oh, that's what you're doing. So then I play along. Yeah. So you're you're like teaching him as you're learning, basically, both yeah, learning yeah. together, teaching each other. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a really interesting adaptive experience. You know, like uh, I would just come up with something because I heard it in my head and tried to play it on the guitar, but I didn't really understand what I was doing. And then John would tell me what the hell I was doing, and eventually so cool. it made more sense. And then. Uh, Eventually, we started taking lessons with a, a teacher here in town, Yuhan Poom, 
and which was an awesome experience, you know, every day going down after school to a guy who lives right on the lake and like big bay window with like a harpsichord in the window. Wow. And like, that's where we learned. And this guy, like, I don't know, he looked like all he did was drink coffee and teach music. So, <laughs> but uh, probably true. <laughs> and then he ended up doing that with us. We'd go in and he'd be like, what do you want to learn today? I'd be like, I don't know, man, but I wrote this song. And he'd be like, yo, I'm just going to teach you guys composition theory. So so that's an interesting point because uh, we sent you guys some questions to prepare for the show. And one of the things that you said was your specialty was composition. Um, so do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah, I think it is like, well, composition in any sense is like, you know, writing music. It's like, you know, um, but from a standpoint of like, uh, both John and I really like how John broke it down before of like how he learned was of essentially harmonic analysis, which is like breaking down chords so that you can understand melody, harmony and counterpoint and bring that into a song. And so composition is understanding different things of like how how you'd write an a Dante or uh, you know a, a fugue, but more in a modern sense we have like you know uh, like a common rock song which follows like A B A B C kind of like format, you know you're just playing a part over and over or a chord progression that repeats, and then you might have two different two or three different patterns that repeat over top with a melody and changing words. And that's like your basic rock or pop song. It's kind of stripped down to its essence. It sounds to me but like yeah. you guys have really not only broken this down to a science, but find passion in just building music, for lack of a better word. Again, keep in mind, I'm not a musician in any way. A lot of the terms you're using, I have no idea what they mean. <laughs> for example, <laughs> uh, a Dante. Is that what? Did I hear that right? A Dante? Yeah, this just. It's, it's uh, like literally a musical term for. Uh, like the, the pace, how you play something. Okay. Yeah, it, just, it sounds to me like you guys have really, again, taken a, not obviously just a liking, but it's a passion of yours to, to be able to find these little intricacies in music, put them together and compose them for lack of a better words. Yeah, it's like the thirst for knowledge, I think was mm -hmm. something that was really instilled in us when we were younger. So like just finding in the joy and learning something, it just, I think that was something that really pushed us in music too, because you're like, oh wait, that's how that works, and you just like you just become more inspired and just dig deeper and deeper into it. Yeah. So when you're writing your music, um, you you mentioned earlier uh, that you were playing death metal in in the uh, townhouse. Um, so obviously your um, your your musical styles you've got a, obviously a very large musical taste do you find that you write in one style more than another or are you able to adapt for whatever style it is that you're wanting to play like whatever the outcome is i i would personally say recently like over the years things have sort of like developed into their own kind of style uh a lot of what i like to play is kind of like uh, i mean most of the world really enjoys it right now too is like r&b and funky stuff being a bass player and, and stuff like that so things sort of end up tending towards more of your tastes and over the year as you develop your style things sort of become a lot more similar but i would say in the past we, we played in, and we played around with a lot of different genres and ideas so you know i mean even if you listen to the newlands our music was kind of like e even though it was very similar to each itself 
it's kind of like all over the place within you know we had like a like a gypsy jazz rock tune to funk tune to you know a rock ballad to you know it's just jumping around you, you touched on a really really good point there um do you guys feel like music is almost pigeonholing people when it comes to trying to reach fame at this stage? Because as you mentioned, it seems like a lot of that popular music is very repetitive. It sounds very similar and there's a lot less experimentation going on with a lot of what's popular. Do you feel like that's, that's true or am I just misinterpreting that? Well, I would, I would have to say that there's actually a bit of science to that. And as you like listen to sounds and stuff, and this was one of the lessons that I learned with our, our music teacher back in the day was experimentation. You're going to run into things that are really like uncomfortable and don't sound good to your ear. So the more you listen to things that are like different and stuff, it becomes the norm to you. But what you hear around most of the time is stuff that's like more similar to your heart rate, right? Like that four, four, six, eight beat, right? Like four on the floor, right? You know, you yep. got that. And like that's the reason why most of it is a lot similar is because we keep finding that there's a pattern that people just want to naturally relate to and like they're not necessarily thinking you know 90% of people aren't going out there being like oh I'm like really into this song like I'm going like this is all I'm doing is listening to this song right now and just dissolving in it they want to put something on that gets them going gets them moving and what really does that is something that kind of matches your heart rate which is that 4468 two four three four beat you kind of blew my mind with that i'm not gonna lie <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting too though because um when you were talking about writing your way of writing is so much so different than what i would always think writing would be i mean i was never really as a trained musician i played the drums I, yeah i, I <laughs> yeah. Did, I was a little. I, I don't know. If that's music. how you play the drums, Brian. I'm just throwing that <laughs> this out. This is how I play the drums. Okay. <laughs> ever see photos of me with drums? This is how I play. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> point being, I, I don't ever consider myself uh, like I, I when I wanted to write a song. It was just something. Oh, this sounds really cool, and I'd kind of think, all right, write that down, and then I'd start to think, okay, what kind of music, what kind of words would go with this, and I would just kind of, you know, spitball and throw stuff down and nothing ever materialized. But the way you guys are talking about writing a song, it's a completely different thing. There's a pattern. There's, you got to fill in this certain um, equation, I guess. In a well, yeah, way. you can, you can break it down to an equation. Like sometimes it could just be like a fleeting melody in your head and like you're trying to catch it, but you don't know how. And that, that like simple like equation can sometimes like be that net that catches that, you know what I mean? It's so much like photography, though. I mean, when you got to learn everything about photography, and there's always new things to learn and new styles to learn. Um, but if you break it down to the basic as if, aperture, shutter speed, ISO, focal length, and you can mm -hmm. you can break it down to that pattern, you'll learn what kind of things you like. It's so, I don't know, art, right? It's, it's yeah. all <laughs> parallels. It's all fulfilling the same kind of needs in such different ways. And like music, I could listen to something and just tears flow and. You see an amazing photo, and it can make you sit there and stare at it for an hour. It's just incredible the power that just something that you can sit and think up can just achieve, especially as a teacher, too. That's something I always respect. And I see somebody who's willing to give it back um, to you know put their student in front of them. And one of the things I, I saw that I don't know which of you, I think it was James, you wrote it. When you see a student do better than your um, you get to see them in their path. Of, where did I read? In creative path. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, in their like following their dreams. Actually, like recently, it was actually really awesome. Yeah, um, seeing past students following your dreams. That's right. Just before COVID, I had gone to like the f- local bar here, the Fox, for where a lot of the rock shows happened, and one of the bands playing was had a couple of my old students in it, and one of them came up to me and he was like, "Yo, man, I just want to say we're here doing this because of you." And I was like, "Oh man, that's huge! That's huge! That's I was so like, amazing. Oh, shoot, got me, man." And yeah, I don't know. I haven't taught in a long time. Uh, I miss it, and it would be awesome to teach again. But uh, at the same time, I'm enjoying like just teaching myself. You know, that's the best teaching. On, on the flip side, you know, it's like I'm, I'm still teaching. I do a good job here. I teach at the uh, Barry Music School um, uh, with lots of other uh, local, uh, locally famous musicians, uh, and it's just a joy. Wonder like hanging out with kids, teaching them stuff. Sometimes it's a some, sometimes it can be a little frustrating, but uh, at the end of the day, like you know, it's uh, teaching somebody that you know a little bit of a uh, little bit of hard work and and discipline can really make your dreams pay off. Mm-hmm. What age group do you work with, John? Uh, uh, all over, but I, I teach mostly beginning beginner students, so kids and stuff. So um, mainly like uh, eight and up. Cool. Yeah. If it makes I, I, you feel any better, John, I just want to throw this out there. They're probably a lot easier to teach than I would be. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's just that each person is a little different, and I'm learning learning myself, right? You know, There's no real one cut or dry way to explain something to somebody or to show them how to do it, right? Because I, I, the creative mind works in many different ways, right? So in trying to commute, communicate these things and these patterns to people to give them the tools in order to express themselves is just a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all and about, I bet you, know, you have those moments of like, aha, when you break through to a student. I've experienced that myself with photography, um, teaching classes at, uh, at Henry's and online live streams that I've done with Brian. Um, and when you see you know, uh, your students achieve, you know, a nice photo or a, a song or whatever it may be. It's really rewarding to see that. Um, so I'm sure you guys have experienced well, good, good for you both for paying it forward that way. I think uh, a lot of Canadian artists, though, feel that same way. And, and I know you guys are part of a, a music scene. You guys have been with your, your band, the Newlands. You had been with them for a long time. Um, so, of course, you're going to have your, your scene of other musicians. But um, you have to feed off each other. You have to be able to uh, be inspired by everybody in your circle. And what was your circle like um, when you were in the band and now? Like, are you still in that same musical circle? Uh, I would say it was like, okay, to explain what our circle was like, it was uh, pretty awesome. I mean, like, in the sense of, and kind of always was, even back in high school when we had a band before, it was very, like, free-flowing, like, Music was a con- like a way of talking to each other, and it's like not in like a conveying of ideas or like structured like sentences or anything, but like we conveyed emotions to each other, and it was fun to like work through ideas to get with each other, and everybody would always kind of like write. So imagine like a game of catch, but with music. So like we're kind of tossing a ball around, and all like it always felt like that. It never felt like someone was leading. It was always like really give and take. Everybody sharing ideas and like learning together as well. Yeah, and like taking that into the into the the Newlands and 
the idea and, and then the community of musicians that we were with like hanging out at the fox what a wonderful community of uh, a place for local music uh to it's sad to see it go uh but uh, uh shane what a great guy he uh always tried to have live music three three times a week three four times a week all original bands so you know he hated cover bands he hated the whole idea of cover music and uh, he always wanted to just get people and their original music out there to the point where we ended up being the fox ended up being a little bit of a international uh, uh tour stop for a lot of up-and-coming bands so i ended up seeing a lot of bands from around the world uh you know just people like just you or i just starting a band in in their backyard and then getting like a, a tour deal and all of a sudden now they're from australia but they're here in barry ontario playing a hundred person capacity bar for some reason you know but it, it was great it was obviously you know a great community of people you know it was uh, really the place for the wayward soul and i'm still in contact with a lot of those people you know that's cool uh, it's too bad why why did they close is this a COVID situation COVID. that they had to yeah yeah well that's yeah. it they cool. lived and breathed live music so yeah couldn't have it so I have to say that's one thing I really, really miss is live music. I I'm, um, I like rock and hard rock, but any genre of music, if it's live, I'm, I'm totally immersed. So do you um, say, do, I, do you both live in Barrie right now? Yep. Yeah. So do you find that you're collaborating using uh, any online tools? Like obviously we're on, um, we're on StreamYard, but there are other online uh, video conferencing. Do you guys do any, any sort of jamming online with other musicians or... Um, do you just do it uh, when you're teaching or with yourself? To to be to be honest, uh, since since the Newlands of uh, last year have had a a bit of a back well, Newlands ended. Oh, it is. Um, uh, haven't really jammed much with people. Uh, jamming online through streaming services is a little tricky, but uh, since we're twin brothers. Uh, we can still get together, Perfect. so we get together. We get together every once in a while and jam and go over old ideas and jam some tunes that we know. And I had expected you say it was going to be telepathically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, he's, I'm downloading one right now. Nice. <laughs> uh, but uh, back no, to the other I was, two in the morning. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. I was. I was just going to say, like, yeah, so with the streaming stuff, like, online tools, I found, like, the latency, like, bugs me a lot, and it's hard to find one that works proper. Like, if I'm going to stay here and, like, if I'm going to play you guys a song, like, that's one thing, versus, like, trying to jam with each other online, which is very hard. Um, well, and it's got to be hard for you guys, too, being um, the audiophile so to speak, that you guys are to, to have to listen to music through a streaming service, right? Because once you get onto the internet, like you said, at this point, the audio becomes completely choppy. It sounds terrible. You're not getting anything close to the real sound. So at that point, that's got to annoy you more than anything. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I've also had a lot of fun, like just getting together with old friends recently and just kind of messing around with, uh, with some recording equipment, making up ideas and Hopefully something comes of it. I'm like hoping to put out some more music, you know, but uh, it's a longer creative process. Hopefully we can get some really cool stuff happening. I've been working with MIDI as well. And like, there's a lot of 
newer options for musicians out there if they're willing to sell their music and, and work that way. That's definitely been a learning curve for, for James and myself. We've always been a little more the uh, uh, old school play music in person kind of jam, uh, uh, analog instruments sort of thing. Uh, like all this recording music and, and, and MIDI, MIDI kind of stuff is a bit of a new world uh, for us. You know, it's like not uh, some of the other guys in the band a lot, took a care of a lot of that kind of stuff. So. Uh, recording our own music is is, is still uh, it's still been a process. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think uh, the whole COVID situation has forced everybody to stretch into maybe not their comfort zones. You know, pushing yourself out there a little bit more and trying to be a little bit more creative. I, that's why we're starting this podcast is pushing ourselves a little bit and trying to learn a little bit more about people's personal expressions uh, expressions and what makes people creative and and in the hard times, what keeps you going and what keeps you motivated to create and to uh, help other people. And I mean, the Newlands splitting up, that's got to have been a hard time. I, I don't know if you guys want to get into it. Is that something you wanted to talk about at all? I, I'll just say it was, uh, it's, it's, it's tough when you have five guys with five different opinions. And uh, the beauty of it is that for, for a time, it, <laughs> It worked real well, uh, but uh, it's uh, like all things in this world, things come to an end, and uh, it's uh, one of the hard truths of life. And that's one of the things that help us to continue making expressions. You know, writing, writing about that loss, possibly, or, or something. There like you that. go. Mm -hmm. So, kind of getting away from that for a minute. Obviously, in the last year, you've had COVID take over, and it's disrupted everything. You guys had both mentioned that you're over the last year, you haven't really been working with a lot of other people musically. Has that been more because of COVID as well? Do you feel that if it wasn't for COVID, you guys might have started reaching out to other people, started to try to work with more artists? Or is it simply just one of those things where since the, since the split, you guys are more just focusing on what you want to do? I think, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I've definitely had like a lot of other drummers and musicians have been asking to get together and do stuff and that would be awesome and I'm definitely going to see where those avenues take me but at the same time I've been also focused on the like uh, I guess hermiting at home and just working on myself you know and like bettering myself and learning some skills that I didn't have before and hopefully uh when this is all said and done, kind of coming out of the cocoon and, you know, being a, a lot stronger for it. Mm -hmm. I do really appreciate that because there's a lot of creative people right now struggling, um, being stifled by being stuck at home. And uh, I know I was home for two months from work <laughs> and I, uh, if I didn't have something to do that day, whether it was like, you know, trying to crochet something or, you know, taking some pictures or cleaning up the house, fixing furniture, building furniture, you know, whatever it may be, um, creating things in the kitchen. Um, I, if I didn't have that, it would have been uh, immensely harder. Um, so I feel like music is a good tool um, for that, for sure, uh, for you guys. Um, and I do, I'm really excited to see what comes of these potentially new uh, groups um, uh, that you might be working out together with. So it's awesome. Um, did you guys want to talk a little bit about your experience with Newlands 
previous uh, to the breakup. Um, because I know you guys had a lot of really, really cool shows and cool releases and, and, and stuff yeah. like that. So I feel like the listeners would love to hear some about that. And on that note as well, I also want to hear a story about the fox because it sounds like that place has some uh, some history in it. Oh, the fox! <laughs> All right, well, I can tell we could tell many stories about the fox and the Newlands, but because uh, we played there quite a bit, uh, it was kind of like you, you know I felt like we were the house band, but at the same time there was all sorts of other bands always playing there as well from the local scene, so it kind of felt more like felt like family, you know, just going and doing the same thing, um, but. <laughs> I think the best way to describe the Fox was and the night at the Fox is, uh, you know, we all live kind of downtown. So we'd get together at one of or each other's houses and grab the instruments and walk down to the Fox early and set up, walk in and Shane and Glenda are there at the bar. The, the owners might be just Shane or, or Glenda and they're opening up and we just set the instruments up and on the stage and then, have a few beers and a night of silly just jokes and pranks with each other. Um, mostly just jokes and a lot of joints and <laughs> a lot of music. Um, I think I can remember just like nights of shots being brought to us on stage and like me one time, it was New Year's, my mom had pulled out uh, champagne bottles and I think we had had four glasses of champagne and I went into the back and grabbed my guitar because I didn't know if I would remember how to play the songs <laughs> I'm on board the, I'm on board with this <laughs> and then the band came back looking for me and we got on and somehow my hands remembered but I don't know how it happened and I also had a concussion that night from Ooh. I had fallen and knocked myself out and oh, yeah. had a wicked headache yeah. the whole time but yeah. for some reason that was still like the, the most amazing night maybe it was just the adrenaline was going yeah. so much at that point it just everything just flowed right well, well uh, the doctor had actually told me not to go and be now around lights and loud music oh and it was it was new year's and he also told me not to to drink so i did all three things i shouldn't have done yeah i'm no doctor but i think that might have done it <laughs> <laughs> well yeah like uh so like what, what's like i got lots of lots of crazy stories or lots of uh kind of cool stories some inappropriate stories what, what kind of like what kind of what do you want to know Cause I used to I used to work at the Fox, right? And uh, so, right. Well, not even just the Fox. Like, do you guys have stories with uh, with the Newlands at the Fox? Just something, something wild, but not wild enough that you could hear it at work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those aren't the fun stories to tell. <laughs> that's fair. Right. I, oh. we, we do How about this? Stay we for work here, case. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We. We had driven all the way to Montreal. My mom had driven us there, and we had gotten a hotel. And oh, the crazy. hotel was like halfway across the, halfway well, like um, like miles away from where we were playing. So it was we had to wait around for equipment drop off and stuff. Anyway, we get there, and uh, there's a huge festival going on in Montreal, and no one came to our show. And <laughs> 
<laughs> so we're there playing to the other bands. Yeah, we didn't, the people we didn't who care. organized the show had a house party, and all their friends went to the house party. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and, no. and, and there was like a huge like rock festival going on in Montreal. Was, I had, was it I had metal, no idea. Was met, metal Montreal or something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, happy so, Montreal or happy? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So and then we're playing at at the Piranha and uh, which is a metal bar. Yeah, but we're like a rock band with a couple like folk bands opening up, so it was not the right, <laughs> not the right venue. <laughs> no, but we had a great time, and uh, everybody was wonderful, and we just lived it up. And the sound guy told us to come back on a night that there wasn't, you know, a festival. And then my mom fell asleep, and we had to wait three hours for my mom to come pick us up, which was really cool because we met Anthrax. So, oh, well. Oh, that's all right. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That's a happy accident. <laughs> Turns out Anthrax was just drinking at the bar there, um, and uh, Aaron went in. We're all sitting outside. At this point, I'm 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 being a little pissed off for some reason. I forget, what? but I remember being pissed off. And uh, <laughs> uh, Aaron goes in to grab another drink because we're just sitting there waiting. He ends up doing some tequila shots with the guys from Anthrax. And some random some random guy at the bar starts speaking into to him in Arabic or something like that, trying to start a fight with him. And uh, Aaron said something. One of the guys in Anthrax was like telling him what he was saying. And then I guess Aaron just got out of there. He was like, this guy's going to beat me up or something. So he just left. Jeez. And, wow. And that, that, that was us meeting Anthrax. I'm a little jealous you got to hang with Anthrax. They were, they were uh, one of the bands that I used to listen to a lot uh, in my youth. And still, now and again, I, I listen to them. Did, did I just gather that Anthrax knows Arabic? I, I, I think so. Possibly. I, I, don't know if it, I don't know if it was Arabic. Was I, I, teaching Aaron Arabic? I don't know, but that's a good story. I like that. But it's <laughs> clearly they're bilingual. We're clearly learning that Anthrax is bilingual, so that's the takeaway here. I mean, Aaron mightn't have been drunk and just didn't know what language they were speaking. <laughs> it could have been the guy was just asking for an autograph. Yeah. <laughs> there was um, so I get involved, right? So. Um, real quick, you were uh, going back to the Fox. What's uh, some of the bands you guys remember seeing there? Because you talked about there being bands from all around the world. It being like this international tourist location, basically. So, uh, two two bands. Uh, uh, one you might possibly know, and another one. Ah, oh, what was the? Oh, was it? There's one band. I, I'm kicking myself for not knowing their name. They're from uh, 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 Scotland. Ah, um, oh, great guys. Great, wonderful. Great metal band. Um, God, they're from Glasgow. Oh. I don't know, John. Anyway, another one was a band that we had the pleasure to play with, um, and they, they do a lot of stuff in Toronto now. Uh, Harmonies. They uh, they had uh, two, some of the guys originally from around here, uh, but they moved to uh, Brazil. Brazil for yeah. uh, was it was it Brazil or was it uh, uh, was the other one? I think it was Brazil. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Anyway. Good. They uh they messaged us because they saw our grenadine a press release or something their manager set up and they thought it was like a good mix between music and everything and uh, yeah that's awesome that was, a, that was it was a cool experience meeting them it was like they showed up at uh, 
at uh, James's place, and before the show, we all came and like hang out and and chill. And uh, I remember being excited to like smoke weed with them, and their parents <laughs> show up, and we've got like like this whole like spread to get ready to smoke <laughs> weed and party before the show. And right. their parents are with them, and they're like, "Yeah, uh, we're gonna go get pizza," and they just oh. left. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, yeah, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. <laughs> um, okay, so I was in a band in Oshawa called Oh Pizza. Yum. Uh, <laughs> I was in a band called uh, Forty Cases Later, and that ought to tell you the kind of band we were uh, back in Oshawa. And there was a lot. I mean, the I, the reason I asked you about your community and, and the other bands because there was a lot of that going on when I played with these guys. There was a, three or four other bands in the area and. You know, obviously, marijuana was all used all over the place. Drinking was used all over the place. It was a, a culture of drugs in that whole music scene. Um, the question I have is, does the drugs, do the drugs help the music? Or is the music, I don't know how where I'm going with this. It's just, do you find drugs are necessary? Is that the scene? Is that the scene? Is that kind of? Is, is it necessary? Like I know when I was playing, I mean, the the whole culture. The band was called Forty Cases Later. We got the name of the band after we drank forty cases of beer. We sat there yeah. playing and smoking, and you know, doing the whole thing. I mean, that was the culture of the band. But I would know, have to say that the drugs don't are not necessarily necessary. And if they are necessary, you're doing it wrong. They're kind of like the cherry on top, you know. And you don't have to have it. Some people don't like cherries, so don't give them the cherry. So it's you know. It, I think it boils right back to that old that old tale of everything's. It, it's all about moderation, right? And it's all about how. I think a lot of uh, the use you're seeing it's it's prevalent in like if you're talking about just basic weed and and drinking that's prevalent in a lot of society at this stage. That's not just the music industry. That's that's you know you talk to your uh, the guy that works in your car. You talk to the guy that works at Walmart. Doesn't matter who it is. The majority I think are either you know having a couple of drinks or smoking a couple at least here legally in Canada. But once you get into the harder stuff, I don't think you're seeing that as prevalent unless you get into. Like it's hard to say, but I don't think, in my would, opinion, it's. Sorry, go on. You know, I would I would say it's it's more so about the change in perspective, or the escape itself, that enable you to feel a different way or hear something differently or see something differently, and you know, it's, uh, Louis Armstrong wouldn't play a show without weed. It's a fact that most people don't know. Like, you know, it's like he wouldn't, if he wasn't allowed to smoke weed, he, he would just, he wouldn't play. Yeah. You know? It's, you know? Um, You're but, like a Mitch Hedberg, uh, same thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, I recently have been, I quit drinking for over a year now. Uh, so Congratulations. Not because of COVID. I mean, there's a lot of people who jumped on that whole thing. It was at personal reasons. I got involved in a lot of, I, I was a cook. I was in the, the, the restaurant scene and the bar scene a lot. And, I mean, that, that whole world is uh, riddled with uh, addiction problems, you know. Uh, so, per personally, I, I got out of, cook out of the cooking industry. I was a cook for 12 years. And, wow. Uh, yeah. You got out of it for the reason. And that's actually where I was going with the question is we've had conversations in the past where – um, addiction has really, you know, taken valuable people from people's lives away from them. Um, our last conversation with Ralston was pretty heavy 
uh, with you know the scene in Aurelia and so on and so forth. Is this something that you guys experienced in your own scene? A lot of uh, addiction bringing people down rather than the music scene keeping them up. Well, it's it, it def definitely uh, I've seen a lot of um, a lot of bands. Uh, the band is secondary to the idea that you know. Uh, a lot of people get caught up in that idea of being like partying and being famous and that that's sort of like the facade of what it is to be a musician rather than what it is to actually play music so i saw a lot of bands and a lot of people even even myself included you get lost in the escape the escapism from everything you know you numb yourself to all these things and you think you think that's what it's about oh rock and roll uh, you gotta have sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? But it's not it's not necessarily the case, and you know, uh, certain things end up getting put by the wayside when you know something becomes more important to you than the the actual creative process. You know, it, it becomes a detriment, really, to what you're trying to achieve. Yep, yeah, makes sense. Heavy, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's that's what it's about, right? We're finding our voice, we're finding our personal expression, we're finding what mm. is so important to us to fight through these battles and to uh, to deal with the ups and the downs. Just because we love music, or because we love photography, or because we love art, or uh, woodworking, or whatever whatever your creative expression is, uh, to, to love something with so much passion uh, that you would give up. You know, you got to admit it. Addictions are hard to give up. And addictions don't have to be to drugs. They could be to routine. They could be to uh, damaging people. They could be to so many different things. Extremely hard to give up when that's your comfort zone. So kudos to you, John, for uh, you know backing away from something you knew was harmful. I think, uh, I think it, wasn't, it definitely wasn't easy. And uh, thank the, you know, I think I'm thankful to the community of friends and people that I, I do have. In the, in the music scene and uh, some of the people who opened my eyes to like the direction I was going, you know, uh, even it, right now may not be on good terms with Brandon from the Newlands necessarily, but uh, he was definitely somebody who inspired me to make some better choices in my life. Um, it, it, you know, Brandon's been sober for quite some time. Uh, he was making changes to be a little more professional in the band. And I think those had to, despite us not, you know, like, like I said, not really hanging out a lot anymore. Is, uh, uh, I am thankful that he had that kind of influence on me. I was just going to say, it sounds, that's incredible, man, that, with, you know, without touching on any of that, the fact that you were able to still see some form of an influence and say, look, like, regardless of what we disagree about, I completely adore what you've done here. And I want to make that same change because I've seen it better your life. So... That's huge. That's absolutely huge. Yeah, man. I think it's 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 uh, you know, it's been hard with with a lot of people in the scene addiction, and I've seen it it kind of take a hold of a lot of people. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to fall into that. And I think that's why over COVID, it's kind of, it's not even been necessarily me dealing with any addiction, but other than just like self improvement. And I think uh, everybody can take it at that. And it, instead of it being like a, 
best advice I can say, instead of it being like a huge chunk of like working towards like, you know, I, I'm going to quit right now or something, be, make it like baby steps. I'm just going to like the next couple of hours, like don't even look like further into the day, just look at to like the few minutes ahead and, you know, set yourself up for victory that way. Yep. Don't burden yourself. Yeah. That's great advice. Exactly. I want to ask, um, do you guys have any inspiration that you draw from like either inspirational people, uh, music, anything like that? Um, I would have to say for myself, uh, musically, I've kind of always been inspired by Bruce Coburn. Uh, just like his whole journey, uh, like grew up listening to his music. It's kind of always affected me. Uh, I may not write music like that right now, but I've always loved it. And then because musicality has always pushed me. Um, and other things that influenced John and I uh, kind of holistically, I guess would say, uh, we've always been kind of spiritually inclined in trying to understand other spiritual beliefs. And I guess uh, from early forms of our music, we always kind of like tried to talk about different things like that in like our death metal music, talking about Samsara Buddhist concept or bringing in uh, moksha and Hindu stuff and just learning all about it and kind of, building a, a bridge of acceptedness to everyone is that's awesome that's i really really like that yeah i do too it's a it's a great way to be very inclusive um and uh, uh it's great to kind of pull inspiration from different places that you wouldn't actually you know expect to pull from really stand it, it helps you stand out from the crowd i think that's awesome. I, mean, I didn't know that. <laughs> and, I mean, uh, in the sense of spiritually, it's kind of interesting because if you look at uh, Bach and Beethoven and Mozart, look at all of them, where did they f start learning music was in the church. But then so you take that spiritual concept of it or like where people started and their musical concepts started from. Then you go to somewhere like India where the ragas and stuff were taught by yogis and stuff to musicians or out uh, further east into Asia or into the different uh, scales and ideas that they came like their philosophers came up with. And it's like, just really interesting that music has always kind of had that um, kind of relationship to spirituality. And, and yeah. Well, I'm kind of curious too. Was it, was it a natural thing for you guys to be drawn to the spiritual side of things? Or did you have an interest in, you know, the different religions, different spiritualities prior to drawing this passion for music? What kind of came first, the chicken or the egg in that scenario? I don't know, man. The, I mean, the check, the check. Because <laughs> it sounds, yeah, it sounds like that's something you guys both just grew up with naturally, and like you had a passion, for, well, an interest obviously in a passion for music, and then it sounds like the spiritual or spirituality and these religious beliefs just they were a natural thing because of your desire to create music. It was almost hand in hand. Yeah. There, was a, there was there's one point I remember uh, when we were it's in elementary school or starting high school. Uh, mm -hmm. I guess like our families have always been quite religious. My dad uh, took us to church every Sunday. Uh, my mom's my mom's dad was uh, an Anglican minister. 
uh, ordained by the Archbishop of Canterbury. He lived in England for, for oh, a while. Wow. Um, uh, but uh, he, he was never really around in our lives. He lived in England. We never saw him that much. Um, uh, yeah. But where was I going with this thought? Yeah, but mom, on the other hand, our mother, was always very like open about different things, always trying different... I guess we always had like a pagan celebration of like like uh, like almost witches like you know coming together at a fire and like giving a okay, meal for so the ancestors it was, and stuff. it was prevalent then, in your life then yeah growing up and like my mom was like she went from being wiccan to buddhist to trying this and that and so it was always yeah, around that, and i was kind of like what does what does this all mean you know it just opens you up to so many different experiences it's so it just gives mm -hmm. you so much diversity and just in perspective and you said the word earlier it's about perspective Right. Mm -hmm. So you're yeah. seeing things from such a different place. One of the things I always teach when I teach photography, when I'm trying to help people understand how, you know, you don't have to compare yourself to other people and just do what you want to do. And my whole hashtag is I shoot for me and just do for you. One of the things I always talk about is just to be able to understand who you are and, and just do you right. Understand where you're coming from, but how your influences influence that from day one, when you're born, this, experience made you do this and this experience made you appreciate this and nobody has that same experience or that same perspective but you guys being twins i mean that's pretty cool you yeah <laughs> well, with that same life perspective i totally dig what you're saying because like and it's also like um what's the guy's name it's like a almost a marxist like sociological uh, idea of that you know everybody kind of comes in and like you could have like even John and I, you know, we have shared a lot of the same experiences, but our outlook and our opinions can tend to differ still. So it's a it's really an interesting uh, idea. And the more I more I talk to people, the more I you know I see that. And really, the exciting thing is like taking it, and knowing that you know everybody's truth. Like I can't know anything a hundred percent for sure, except for what I've experienced. And me talking about my experiences, you can only trust that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, take what, take from that what you will kind of thing, you know? But uh, I think that's really important. And we can learn from trusting each other's stories of our experiences and that being an experience in itself. Mm -hmm. so it's, just, it's, in our, uh, it's in our nature to be nurtured. I like that. Uh, totally. I like that. Yeah. That's excellent. Yeah. Uh, That's but good to tie right back to what you said there, too, about uh, uh, not uh, comparing yourself, uh, paraphrasing that, comparing yourselves to other people or and stuff like that. A uh, huge thing for me the past few years has been this idea that you don't have to be anything. You, you're, you're, um, your value is inherent. You know? Perfect isn't them, perfect. Yeah, uh, the two, yeah, yeah the two, two of the most important creatures on our planet uh, you don't even think about every day. And they're seemingly small and insignificant. And if they didn't exist, we wouldn't exist. And uh, what they do all day is pretty much just like hang around and do nothing. <laughs> and you wouldn't think that they're important. But uh, worms and diatoms. Hmm. I thought you were talking about me and my cat, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 
So I've been trying to like really, really express that, and I'm trying to tell my students this is like, you are important simply by existing. That's and, amazing. And no one can take that from you. Mm -hmm. So there's some to believe it though. Yeah, really. <laughs> you got you got to even either go through something for that to sink in, or have somebody like yourselves be able to explain it to a student, a youngster, when they need to hear it, uh, in a way that they that it sinks in. And that's what one reason I'm super impressed that both of you are teachers, and you know you're still teaching the kids. I love teaching the Michael Art Gallery, twelve to fifteen year old kids coming up in April. I love that. You know, you have an opportunity to give somebody an experience that they wouldn't have had otherwise, that they could then take and do who knows what with. So that that's just awesome. Uh, James, I had a question for you. Sorry to yeah. Yeah. conversation. Um, what is MIDI? You mentioned that you're taking time to learn MIDI. I understand back in the day when I played the drums and you can have like a MIDI drum set and it's all like computer. You can connect it and do sound samples and stuff. Like how are, how are you utilizing that? I didn't even understand that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So how I utilize that is like I have like a little MIDI controller here. Like it's got, like, oh, you know. I see TikTok so, videos all the time when you can sample and loop and is that the yeah. Kind of stuff so like, yeah, but like so I can take like virtual instruments and like just play whatever I want, like melodies and like say it could be like a whole symphony. It's like I want to have like violins or cellos doing something and it's like it's just a virtual instrument. So I can like write or I can pull up a sheet of music, like score music score and score out the music and then have the MIDI play it out that way. But uh, so cool. so yeah, MIDI, MIDI is basically just the digitized signal of that sounds or, or whatever you're doing, right? So they take the, the the digital signal from like a keyboard and they send it into into the computer and they mm -hmm. use that to convert it to whatever sort of plugins you're using in your computer to change the, the sound. So with today's technology, you could basically use a keyboard to play any instrument you want. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So I just gotta learn the keyboard. <laughs> you, don't even, you, don't even, you don't even need to learn it. There's like sequencers, so you could press one button and then it just runs through a scale. It's like I would, I would never disrespect you guys like that. <laughs> <laughs> ah, but then there becomes the art of knowing the program, and then what is it that you, you're playing an instrument? Are you act, or are you playing the program? And what is the art form then? Is, is it programming? Is right? You know, is, is yeah. So still, even even in something like that. Sorry, go on. As it, it does the program, does programming then become an instrument? Exactly. Yeah, that's. I was just alluding to that. To me, it's you guys will even see something as like the MIDI and just go, yeah, you can learn from that. Whether you're creating your own sound or using an instrument and knowing an instrument, you can still find other ways to to learn music, understand music, and be creative. So, I I so really really respect that about you guys. To, to raise this back to Aurora's question there, uh, somebody who actually really inspires me is uh, uh, one of my biggest influences musically is uh, Victor Wooten. And he has a great book that I would recommend to anybody to read called The Music Lesson. And uh, he kind of uses like a, a lot of these concepts where you, you take uh, seemingly unrelated experiences and apply them to music or what your creative process, you know. Uh, he has a, it's at one point his in the in the book his music teacher, music teacher. Uh, it will, whether it, it'll read the book, um, uh, <laughs> uh, takes him 
out tracking animals. And he has no idea what the hell this has to do with music. But he's learning how to recognize the different animal feet, you know, footprints and stuff like that. And the guy's literally using tracking animals to teach him about music. So Mr. Miyagi of music. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta read the books. The book's amazing. It's a it's a captivating book that's like super easy to read, and like even if you don't play music, it's just a a wonderful story. I would rec definitely recommend it. Um. So as we're getting to the end of our session, because we normally go for about an hour, um, I wanted to ask uh, Ryan, Brian, Mark, if you have any final questions for James or John. Mark. Um, actually, I've, I've just really enjoyed uh, listening to you guys and, and uh, talk about that. Um, I, I dabble in music myself. I'm by no means a musician. I'm uh, basically a guy that collects guitars that plays a little bit. Um, but uh, I certainly um, I could appreciate your, your tales of being in the band and the, uh, you know, getting into the substances and things. Well, while I was in a small basement band, it was more beer than anything that we drank, but I certainly got that. So it really, really hit home for me um, that the band really became a, a reason to drink and it wasn't a, it wasn't really a creative outlet anymore. And that's when we sort of fell apart, but uh, um, definitely really good to hear um, that, you know, you're, you're getting those, um, that inspiration to stop drinking yourself and and uh, and getting clean and um, love hearing that your your influences for your music are uh, largely spiritual based. Um, there's uh, a lot of different things out there that can can influence people and uh, can spawn creativity and it's really neat um, specifically to hear that you went off into so many different religions to get that inspiration. So that was excellent um, and I just want to say thank you for being with us tonight, uh, especially on short notice. That was great. Thank you. So, um, so I wanted to say thank you again too. I'm not sure how you got, uh, how much you guys have, uh, not sure if you guys know how much you guys have inspired me over the years. Um, your passion for music, your drive uh, to learn and teach uh, people has definitely re-inspired me. Um, I actually have a book here today that you told me to get at one point um, when I was starting to learn the guitar. Um, and I used this and I referred to it. Um, on, you know, when I was learning and um, it really did help me uh, with the basics and stuff. So yeah. don't knock uh, it for dummies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I was surprised when you, yeah, um, I was surprised when you asked me to get this one specifically, but it was like uh, right after our conversation, I don't know if you'll remember when this happened, but it was at um, Uncle Will's house. Uh, your dad's house and uh, you guys were playing in the backyard and I wanted to learn guitar. I wanted to get more into music and I had a conversation with you. And right after I'm like, mom, we've got to go to chapters. I got to get this book. Um, and yeah. So I, I want to let you guys know that I, I did that, even though it wasn't my main creative path, uh, you really did inspire me. So thank you. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's very, very, I'm very touched knowing that. And I'm happy you share that with us. I'm glad you bought that book. And if you ever need any other books, I have a plethora of wonderful books about music and guitar. So awesome. Good to know. I mean, I'm close now. I'm just in Newmarket. So I was just going to say, if, if only she had some family members that just could. <laughs> Um, so right before we wrap up, we have two questions um, that we I, asked. I have one last question. Sorry. Oh, sorry, Brian. <laughs> you don't mind? You don't mind? I don't mind. Um, 
coming from a family of musicians myself um, and having to, when I was a kid being uh, forced to sing in a quartet, I shouldn't say forced. I had a great time. Of course I was a ham, but anyway, um, did you guys ever get the opportunity to play with the whole family? Like the, did your other siblings play or was it just the two of you that had the, the passion to continue together? So, I got to sing with the Dapper Dance in, in California, by the way. Like the Dapper Dance. Nothing? Nobody? No, nothing? Yeah. Barbershop. Come on. Why would you know anything about well, it? But yeah. it, to my mother, it was a huge deal. And I was just a little kid. And here I am with my family singing. It made me feel great as a little kid singing yeah. with my family. So I didn't, I don't know. That's the question. Did you guys get that so, opportunity to do so the family thing? Like, uh, Every year, uh, I guess uh, up until the COVID, like uh, we go to our Uncle Joe's on Christmas, and uh, he's got like a drum kit in the basement. And, I mean, it's no, usually ends up being like you know we all don't know the same songs or something. We jam a little, and then it's something that happens. But over the years, we've all yeah actually had a chance to play music together. Nice. Uh, our, we played in a band with my dad uh, for some church fundraiser years ago. Um, and we played yeah, a just... show with a uh, subbed in for our uncle's band one year yeah. uh, and uh, played with two of our uncles at one at a show that actually the Newlands also played. There's a big hmm. uh, little festival out in uh, Guilford that they always put on. And uh, yeah, we actually uh, did something together once for uh, it was under an unfortunate circumstance, but uh, during our uh, grandmother's funeral. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we played uh, oh, wow. and sang uh, songs with that and uh, after the fact, too. So that was kind mm -hmm. of cool. I think it's always just been something that, you know, uh, like some people play board games and we still also play board games. But like when you've got a, a bunch of musicians or people who are not necessarily musicians, but musically inclined, you know, you're going to have some jam sessions or we go do some stuff together, you know, or, you know, awesome. say... Yeah. yeah, I guess like my last comment on the night that it would basically be, it sounds like it's not just your your household that you grew up with that was musical. It was your entire family, or at least a majority of your family that all had some sort of musical interest or was musically inclined, which was quite the opposite of my family. <laughs> yeah, it was, well, it was just the, everywhere I looked, it was there. Yeah. So I mean, to, to relate it, relate it back spiritually, saying that music's every, like, it's everywhere, uh, uh, look at all the creation stories, be science or or religious myth, right? Uh, the Egyptians literally had a song that sang the world into existence. Uh, in Christianity, we say the word was with God, and God spoke us into existence. He used his voice, sound, and, you know, relate that back to science. It's the Big Bang, you know? It's like it's vibration. You know, it's vibration is what holds our, our world together. Yeah, why aren't all the planets falling constantly through space with that, like, and staying in one spot? Well, actually, there's evidence to suggest that it's resonance, and each planet actually has its own resonance and its own sound, and even the stars and everything. So there's the celestial harmonies up there, whether you want to believe in them as, like, some spiritual force, but they are actually physically out there, and they're some sort of celestial harmony. I would much rather believe that there's some massive, powerful figure out in the world playing the world like it's a big or like a big organ, and every <laughs> planet has its own resonant frequency, and it's just like boom, boom, boom. Rather, well, I'd rather believe that awesome. than I mean than 
a lot of the other crazy conspiracies that I might hear. I'll tell you yeah. that. I mean, Beethoven said the music is the electric soil in which the soul live, lives, breathes, and creates. So I think it's it. a, wow. a, a basic form of communication. And of course, if I'm going to play a song that makes me happy, you're going to feel happy. Right? It's going to make me cry. It's going to make you cry. So, And then we'll both uh, remember that moment until we're old and, and almost dead. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Go. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right, Aurora. Okay. Uh, so uh, we always ask our guests uh, two questions. So first question, what's your jam? What song are you listening to uh, right now, kind of on a day-to-day -day basis? Huh. That gets you going, I'm curious gets you on this answer. <laughs> yeah. What's your jam? My jam right now is Samurai Cop by Dave Matthews. It has been for a while, but I still fucking love that song. Oh. Sorry, pardon my language, but it's a great tune. Awesome. Uh, Musical uh, listen to motion. Uh, uh, PD from PD from the uh, from from the new ones or saxophone player. He came by uh, the other day and he showed me uh, Tosh Sultana's new album. Oh, go check it out. Sick. Okay. Okay. Uh, that and if you're ever wondering, I have one song that plays in my head rent free, and it's <laughs> Thomas the Tank Engine. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know why. You know what, John? I just got that out, and you put it back in. So thank you so much. I, I really owe you on that. Nice. <laughs> do, 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 do. Oh, we can, actually. I don't think we can do that. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and. The other question is, what is your tool of the trade? What is something that you use to help uh, you compose music, uh, create music, teach music, whatever it may be? What's that one tool that's your go-to? Over there. Your guitar. Yeah, right there. That's I'm my. curious what kind of guitar it, it is. That's, that's a, a Yamaha Pacifica. You can buy it brand new for $200. <laughs> it's, it's a piece of junk, but I love the way it sounds, so... Nice. I've had yeah, it since nice. I was 14, so. I'm laughing because awesome. my dad tried to buy one of those uh, yesterday. He was looking for one and couldn't find it. Uh, came home with a Squire Stratocaster. <laughs> well, the Pacifica is like, it's actually out of all of the inexpensive guitars, it is one of the best rated guitars so, you can get. Yeah. So. It, interestingly enough, is that specific one uh, is, is it prob probably that model is one of their best ones that they, they made. Uh, over the years, they started downgrading on how they made the Pacifica, and it just yeah, it's not as good as it used to be. We uh, no, James James tried yeah. James tried recording uh, <laughs> for one of our albums on a on a couple different guitars. We ended up using that guitar. <laughs> it's just so weird. That. That's awesome. I, yeah, I I end up just sort of playing piano. You know, just uh, nothing. Uh, it's like. If I'm ever stuck on an idea or something like that, I find I just uh, I take a break, go for a walk. But normally I, I, I'll sit there and just jam it out until it's out on the piano. That's where I first start writing something, and then I'll work from there. That's your native tongue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, years ago, it'd be like I had to have a joint, you know, smoke a joint play some music but nah. still doesn't good to hear man that's super good to hear <laughs> mm -hmm. 
It all depends on too. It's it's again. It goes back to that moderation. It's I've had that same battle, and it sounds like. And correct me if I'm wrong at any stage, John. But you've had that similar battle where you were able to still be creative, but you found that you were relying on whether it be joints or a couple of beers way too much to the stage that you've had to step back now and just say, no, you know what? I want to go back to sticking in my creative mindset. I don't need well, that joint, whether it hurts or not. You don't really want to go back to relying on that to a degree. Mm hmm. Yeah. I think it's it's like uh, you can only look in one book so many times before you know the words by memory, right? So yep. like, you know, it's a uh, finding inspiration in there is done. I think actually something that's pushed well me in a different direction is well learning said. that all states of mind are obtainable just by yourself. Mm -hmm. You can yeah. tap in like whatever, like the cannabinoids in your brain. There are cannabinoid sensors, and that's why you get high. Is that cannabinoid goes into that sensor in your brain that's already there for a chemical that your body makes, and it goes in there and does a thing. But if you learn how to meditate properly or do whatever, all states of mind are obtainable without substance because your your 100%. body does it. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so I have one final question for you guys. Um, you guys could have your own each answer to it, whatever it may be. Uh, but uh, every episode, we ask our viewers to uh, challenge themselves with something, something that'll help boost their creativity, something that they'll have fun with um, and in, uh, enjoy, um, and they can try it out for a week, whatever it may be. Uh, so what is your challenge to the viewers of the Expressions podcast? Uh, my challenge is the four is what I like to call my 420 challenge. And that's not go home and smoke a ton of weed unless you want to. It's, <laughs> it's pick four exercises, like whether it be push-ups, sit-ups, squats, and calf raises or whatever else, and do 20 reps of those. It's like really small workout. Just do 20. If you can't do 20, do 10, whatever. Just do that once or twice a day. Just do that. It's easy. And also for me, sometimes, like if I'm feeling like it, it's called the 420 workout. So I'll do 20 push-ups, have a toke. Do 20 sit-ups, have a toke. Do 20 squats, have a toke. You know, <laughs> so like a little treat at the end. It's a reward process, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, I was gonna say the yeah. same. Like you know, just uh, uh, get active. You know, I challenge you to get up early. Uh, be active. I find that like those are the things that will inspire you. You'll find something while you were doing that. Something will come across your mind. Uh, yeah, it's the best. Uh, uh, your, I guess the uh, to add to that, your body is your subconscious. So if you're finding that you're stuck, right, your body is literally the physical representation of your of your subconscious. So if you can move your body and start getting moving sometimes that's just enough to get you out of a funk and get you doing something mm -hmm. even if it's 20 push-ups or five awesome. who knows yeah that's great studies have actually shown that the endorphins your body releases when you're exercising can bring you up out of out of that funk or out of a help help bring you out of depression and things like that so that's great mm -hmm. That's, That's awesome. why, like, super buff dudes are always, like, jacked and super excited. Like, go, oh, go, go. Because <laughs> they're always, yeah. I don't know. I'm just talking well, about Well, they, they, they might also be doing some, some other things, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's awesome. I want to thank you guys for coming on. Um, I really appreciate that. Um, just like I said earlier, you guys have been an inspiration to me for a long time, and I'm not sure you knew that. Um, and uh, yeah, um, before we uh, end the podcast, I do want to happy birthday, Fred. <laughs> yeah, it's it's my mom's birthday today. So happy birthday, happy birthday. Yeah. Um. So yes, uh, she'll hear this a bit later, a few weeks later. But uh, I will <laughs> make sure that uh, you guys shouted uh, her out in the video. Make sure she knows that. Um. It's awesome. Um. <laughs> thanks for mentioning that, by the way. Um. So. Uh, at the end of each podcast, we talk about a, a few causes that we're all very passionate about. Um, for me, myself, I'm in, extremely involved in the Henry's Foundation, which is a new Canadian not-for-profit charity based on putting mental health into focus for Canadians. Um, and basically what we do is we uh, gather donations for uh, Kids Help Phone, CAMH, Jack.org, um, and other Canadian mental health institutions in Vancouver, Quebec, and Nova Scotia. Um, uh, as we've talked about in many previous podcasts, being creative um, is a great outlet for people who are struggling. Um, and for me, myself, I've struggled with things. I've had you know, family, close family members struggle with things and um, being creative is, is, has always been an outlet. Um, and uh, yeah, so for me, uh, it's a cause that's really near and dear to my heart for Brian as well. He's been super involved with that. Um, we wouldn't have raised as much money as we have for the charity, which is over $5,000 now. Um, and in our store alone, not even other stores that we worked at. Um, so it's been uh, extremely, uh, a good journey. Um, Mark has a cause that he uh, believes in. I'd like him to talk a little bit about as well. Thanks, Aurora. Um, yeah, so I work for Shoppers Drug Mart um, here in Ontario, and uh, every year they do the Run for Women, and this year is no exception uh, in 2021, um, except it will be a virtual run. Um, so the Run for Women runs from July 4th to the 11th, uh, 2021. It's happening in uh, several cities. You can go to runforwomen.ca and um, see if there's a city near you that uh, you can participate in. Um, for me, I'm actually, I live in Thunder Bay, but I'm participating in the run in Ottawa because it's virtual. Um, so sometime during that week, my wife and I are going to go pick a park in Thunder Bay and uh, we're gonna walk our dogs four or five kilometers um, for the Run for Women. All monies raised uh, in the Run for Women go towards uh, women's mental health charities. Um, so for uh, for us, for my group of, uh, of runners in Thunder Bay, uh, or walkers as it were, um, the, the charity, the money stays in Thunder Bay uh, to go towards those women's mental health charities. So um, it's a great cause and, and it's uh, gonna be a great week of people walking and, and raising awareness. So um, if you're interested at all, you can uh, go to runforwomen.ca and sign up. Definitely, nice. an amazing cause. And you, Ryan, as well, uh, you have a cause. You yeah, really so I don't support like one charity in particular, but I'm uh, very outspoken about addiction. Uh, somebody who's battled with addiction myself for a number of years, I always want to reach out to our listeners and say, if you're somebody who is in that boat, please reach out either to myself, to an organization, to a friend or family member. Life will get better. It's one of those things that, you know, we all spend years trapped in this bubble, but you never understand how much 
easier things can be when you when you reach out and get that help and just kind of see a different perspective. So again, if you're somebody struggling with addiction, just know that life will get better. Reach out. You can always hit me up. I'm on Facebook. I'm all over the place. Hit me up. I will always respond, especially if you're struggling like that. Definitely. So thank you guys so much. Um, thank you, James and John, for joining us. I, uh, it was really nice catching up with you and having a, a good chat about that. Um, I'm so excited. Uh, expressions podcast number four done yeah this was awesome this is a great yeah. time before we go before we say goodbye i just want to uh, touch on the whole concept of what the show is and how, why mental health is so important and just what we're doing ourselves I and mean, we've had our episode zero where we talk about ourselves more in depth but the reason we're doing Expressions Podcast is, I think for each of us, we have our own reasons, but for me, very strongly, is to give my mental health something to do, to give me that thing to be creative about when I can't go out and shoot wrestling and I can't do all these other things that I always like to do, like my photo day trips that I run and all these things that have, for the past year, disappeared. So for all of you people out there who feel like you uh, are in a rut or have your own situations that you just don't feel like you're getting out of, or just have good and bad days where one of those bad days, you just, you know, it's so bad that you just have to do something. Think of an idea, write it down, make it happen. Call some friends, say, Hey, I've got an idea. What do you think of this? And they say, Hey, that's a great idea. You never know. You might turn into a podcast. It might turn into a, a band. It might turn into um, a group of friends that just like getting together and skateboarding. You don't know. The bottom line is when you're down and you're having those bad times, find your voice, find your personal expression, get out there and make something happen for yourselves. Because I know it's really made me feel a lot better since we've been doing this. Um, I was having some pretty rough days going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home, going to work, coming home. Uh, it got to the point where it's like, Aurora, hey, what do you think? And Aurora's like, hey, Brian, what do you think? And we're like, yeah, we think. Let's do something. And we did it. <laughs> so... That's for awesome. you guys who were in the Newlands and now are doing your own thing, uh, I give you both a lot of credit for keeping it going and keeping the dream alive. I wish you all the best, all the best in the world um, with whatever you guys do. And if there's anything we can do for you, uh, by all means, just let us know. Happy to be here to help you get you guys stay creative and keep your voices going as well. Don't, hang on, hang on. Don't ask me to make music. Don't. I will not help you. I, I have no help in that regard. I, I think I made that very clear throughout this episode. Anything else, sure. But. Nice. But yes, thank you guys. This was an absolute blast. I really appreciate you guys doing this on such short notice. Well, you're welcome. We had so much fun. Yeah, this is great. Anytime. We'll come awesome. on next week. No. <laughs> well, if we have a guest say no, then, you know, we had you at next week originally anyway. So well, yeah. just, just come on back. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be in a different locale. Next, next, next week, we can talk about the book that I've been writing. Ooh. There we That's go. That's awesome. I've been writing it for 10 years, so okay. not much to talk about. <laughs> we'll get it done, um, and we'll have you back on to talk about your book that is released as well. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, guys. On that cliffhanger, from all of us here at Expressions, mm -hmm. we want to thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to express yourself, stay creative, and we will see you right here next week on the Expressions Podcast. Oh, I kept the logo on, my bad. <laughs> <laughs>
we're off to a great start already. <laughs> Welcome to the Expressions Podcast. Ooh.